0: You'd be able to come here again, preach to y'all. Going to try to be longer this time. Everyone complained last week; it's too short. Derek had to sing a couple more songs just make make the service not look bad. No, no. That wasn't why? I got five and a half pages this time, so oh, so maybe it'll last a little bit longer instead of four pages like the usual. So, anyways. We'll try to, try to make it last a little longer, so you don't dock my pay, not giving your money's worth or something. So, you ready, Jonathan? Here it is. The end is why it all matters. The end is why it all matters. Why is it that we do what we do? Why is it that we, um, why did God tell us to do the things that you and I do? Why believe? Why get baptized? Um, Why uh, sing? Why read your Bible? Why go to church? Why take communion? All this, what does it do? All these things. Do we just do this for some unknown reason? Or does all these things build up to something? All these things, they build up to something. Uh, Let's pray. look at some verses here heavenly father i thank you for uh, this church thank you for your great plan you have in your word and i ask father that um, you'd speak to our hearts today in the services thank you for those who came thank you for mom and uh, a good time we had together as a family yesterday and i ask lord that you would please bless her and um, all those here thank you for heritage that we all have and especially lord for the heritage that we have in christ and i ask lord that you would um this work and, Let's have a good day. I I partake of the Lord's Supper. This afternoon I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, at work, um, sometimes I have to run a bulldozer. and I'm really bad at running a bulldozer. I don't know. It looks really easy. You get you get on your bulldozer and you, you just push dirt, right? You think that's how it works? You just see that mountain there? I'm just going to push it over. That's not how it works. And um, I used to try that and... And what happens when you do that, when you're just trying to get a bunch of dirt and just push it over, you end up making waves and smart, great big speed bumps. And you're trying to move. It, it just makes a disaster. But it just dawned on me the other day, I was, I was told to go get on it, how a bulldozer works, how you're actually doing it. Just I don't know why, it just dawned on me all of a sudden. And I started doing this new way, and I realized, oh, that's how they do it. It all made sense. You guys don't learn anything. You're going to learn how to run a bulldozer, won't you? I was going to bring a can of dirt, but I ran out of time. Guess what I do on Saturdays? Every Saturday, I study and I fix sewer. Every Saturday, the sewer breaks down without fail. It's probably the only reason. It's the only day I'm at home. It's probably broken all throughout the week, but Saturday's the only day I'm home to fix it. But, anyways, that's what I do. I fix sewers. I ran out of time for a good illustration. For you all. But a bulldozer, it pushes a little bit of dirt, and it might push that dirt maybe a foot, six inches out in a little platform. And then you go back, and you bring another layer of dirt, and you set that on top of there. And you don't go dig great big ditches and push it over. You just start adding to it, and adding to it, and adding to it. And that's kind of how, how God's plan works, too. We see here in Isaiah 28, 9. Isaiah 28, 9. Isaiah 28, 9. Isaiah 28, 9. Isaiah 28, 9 says, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept precept upon precept line upon line line upon line here a little and there a little and that's what god's plan works to it all builds up to something really great it all just is is just a continuing wave just building up to this great plan that god has he's not just doesn't just go you know i'm just gonna do something and boom have it done no he always he builds up to things he um that's how he works, and that's how his plan is in the Bible. It's all, it's all building up to something really great. So let's see a story in the Bible that relates to an obedient Christian. Relates to an obedient Christian. Let's start here in Exodus 2.23. Exodus 2.23. Exodus 2.23. See here, a problem, Exodus 2.23. Children of Israel are in Egypt. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. a story, just like the children of Israel, is just like every person here who realized that they were under bondage, realized that they were enslaved to sin and they cried out to God for salvation. Every Christian here who was a Christian, you became a Christian because you realized one day you were under bondage, didn't you? And what did God do to... To cause that freedom to come about. Let's look in Exodus 12. Exodus 12. You guys know how the story goes. Moses shows up. Comes back out. To Egypt. God leads him. Through the, those plagues. And, and then. That last and final plague here. In Exodus 12:3. We see here. The first Passover. Speak ye says, 12, 3, Speak ye unto the, all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every lamb, every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Um, and if the household be too little for, for the lamb, let him take his neighbor next unto his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to the eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts. And on the upper door doorposts of the house is wherein they shall eat it. So we see here the first Passover and now we... Uh, and. In verse 13, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So what does the Passover represent, kids? Give me, what does the Passover represent for us nowadays? What does the Passover represent for us nowadays? Us. He shed his blood, and when you and I stop trusting in, in our works, stop trusting in religion, we start trusting in the what? In the blood, what happens? Death comes, it'll pass over us, won't it? We don't have to die. We have eternal life because of the blood that is applied to our lives. Um, if a, a prayer isn't the thing that saves you, if imagine a, one of those firstborn uh, guys and, 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 and firstborn Jews there in Egypt kept painting it kept painting the door oh I hope I got enough paint not paint blood got, got enough blood on the door hope I got enough hope I got enough but never went inside it wouldn't have saved him if he wouldn't have gotten inside that house he would have been killed by the angel of death that passed over he needed to get inside it wasn't a prayer that was going to save him it wasn't just just painting the blood on there he had to get inside and trust in that blood didn't he and that's what the Passover represents, is salvation. So they realized they were under bondage, and they, they applied the blood um, and so that they could be rescued from that bondage. But did um, God save the children of Israel just so that they couldn't be putting in there probably around 80 hours a week building, building bricks? Is that why God saved them? Oh man, that's too many hours for you all. You know what, I, I you guys need a you guys need a vacation. I'm gonna I'm gonna do all that so that you guys can um, have less hours there in Egypt. Is that why he did it? No, that wasn't his his big plan that he was building up to. No, that was not it. What did, was the next thing that came? What was the next thing? God God wasn't done with his plan yet. What was the next thing? You guys know? He needed something to separate them. From their old lifestyle. He needed to do make a line in the sand. Do something to separate them from their old self. Their old Egyptian uh, masters. What was he going to do to separate them? Let's look in Exodus 14. Exodus 14.9. 14, God's working on his plan here. Exodus 14.9. Exodus 14.9. But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, encamping by the sea beside Fechahiroth, before Beelzefom. Um and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this a word, didn't we tell you, uh, that we we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. And the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Verse 16 says, but lift up. Uh, God's talking to Moses, but lift up. Thy rod, and stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground throughout the midst of the sea. Um, 18, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And verse 21, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and and on their left. 23, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Let's jump down here to save time. Verse 27, Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. And when the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall under them on their right hand on their left. And the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So what did, what did he do? What did God do after he saved them? How did he separate them? How did he separate them from Egypt? They went through what? they went through the water they went through the water i have two nephews who are talking these nephews of mine they don't quite know what they believe about baptism um, they um, they were talking to each other about baptism and 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 you know what they thought about it and stuff and and one of them said to the other one he said you know i think what we should do is compare the baptisms in the Old Testament are the baptisms in the New Testament. I'm just over here, just about ready to blow a head gasket or something. Like, yeah, let's go halibut fishing in Beaver Creek. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? But then it caught, occurred to me, oh, wait, 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 I said, I know of a baptism in the Old Testament. And this is it. A baptism in the Old Testament. Even the Bible calls it that. We see here in, um, where is it? In 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10.1 1 Corinthians ten 1, 1 Corinthians 10.1 says, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. This was the first baptism. Imagine Moses writing his prayer letter. Praise God. Lord, really moved this month. We had over a million baptized. <laughs> so how did God separate them? God separated them through the Red Sea. God baptized them through the Red Sea. And um, you know what baptism does? Look, go back here to uh, Exodus. Exodus 15. Exodus 15 1. They're, they're now singing here on the other side of the Red Sea. Um, Exodus 15 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider, he thrown in the sea. The song goes on pretty much uh, for uh, the whole chapter almost. And if you look at verse 14, though, it says, The people shall hear and be afraid, sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the dukes of Edom. If you ever read, read the Old Testament, you get to the genealogy, you get to the uh, part about Esau. There are a whole bunch of dukes, the duke of this, duke of that, duke of this. The dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon the inhabitants of Canaan, shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be still as a stone till the people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. And that's what baptism is about. You know what? They didn't mention it. Hey, you know everyone's gonna be talking about the blood on the door. Everyone's gonna be talking about how those Jews believed God and 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 saved them that night, that Passover night. It doesn't talk about that. What's it talking about? They talk about that Red Sea crossing. They talk about that baptism. Even um Rahab, we see here in Rahab and Joshua two um, nine. Joshua two nine. Joshua two nine. Uh, Rahab here is talk, talking to spies and um, she's telling them what, what everyone believes there in Jericho. And she said, two nine, Joshua 2.9, and she said unto the men, I know the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord hath what? <clears throat> you guys with me? The Lord hath dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion, Og, that whom ye utterly destroyed. She doesn't go talking about all the plagues of Egypt that happened to them. What's she talking about? She's talking about the Red Sea Crossing. That's what, what, what was really impressed upon her and all those in Jericho. The Red Sea Crossing. Now, the devil doesn't really mind someone just getting saved. Being one of those secret Christians there, oh, I, I'm a secret believer, you know. I, I I believe I'm a believer. You know. you, you nail him down. You know what do you believe, man? Oh, oh yeah, I, I believe. I believe. Yeah, Jesus paid for all my sins. You know, he, he doesn't really that doesn't really bother the devil that much to have one one of those believers that just believes. But a believer that that believes God and follows him in baptism. And, but it's probably going to follow Christ the rest of the way as well. Um, when someone just gets saved and doesn't get baptized, nothing, nothing builds up there. There's, the plan of God isn't building up in his life. It just, he's saved, and that's it. Um, uh, Democrats could care less about a conservative who doesn't vote. But conservatives that vote. Really bothers them, doesn't? That worries them. That keeps them up at night. Uh, in Guatemala, uh, the guy I led to the Lord, my neighbor. Um, his wife was fine with him getting saved. His wife was fine with him coming to church, but when he's told her he was getting baptized, that's when war broke out. That's when she she went ballistic. Um, that's also. I, I believe that's when we have the most spiritual attacks. Oh, well, that's that's right when we lost our baby. Right then, uh, when we're going to that baptism. I really think the devil doesn't like baptisms. Doesn't like people um, following up. Um, he, he that's really against Satan. Um, people people building. Up. If we if people don't get baptized, he's fine. Just want to get saved. That's fine. But 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 baptism building on building up to something. That that's. That's when he gets mad. So, God saved them and baptized them so that they could just convict the lost. Is that the what, what God's plan was building up to? Saved them from Egypt. Separated them from Egypt. Now they're in the desert there, convicting the lost people. Is that what God's plan was building up to? Nope. We see here that they were singing. So is that it? Saved them, baptized them so they could sing in the desert and then convict the people out there? Nope. That's not what he was building up to. His plan wasn't done yet. What was the next thing that happened? What was the next thing that happened? They're in the desert. They're getting hungry. Getting hungry. What happened? What were they starting to eat in the desert? Someone tell me. Some kid. Manna. We see here in Deuteronomy 8.3. The next thing that happened to them. Deuteronomy 8.3. Deuteronomy 8 3. Deuteronomy 8 3. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know. 8 3. Deuteronomy 8 3. That he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth men live. So God saved them. He separated them. He's uh, they're, uh, they're united there. They're singing unto the Lord. Not something that, you know. Singing united them. They were all all up there uh, praising the Lord and and uh, remembering His promises, and that's that's something that we do as well. And then God gave them manna. God gave them manna to show them that that they need to depend daily on God's word on something that comes from the Lord. and That's what we need to be doing as well, right? We depending daily on reading God's word for guidance and for sustenance and to keep us from temptations. But is that what it was all about? Get saved, get baptized, and um, eating man in the desert? Is that what God wanted to leave them there? Nope. What was the next thing that happened? What was the next thing? next big thing that happened to them in the the wilderness? They're going to build something now. God told them to build something. What are they going to build? The ark? Oh, something else first. Kind of at the same time, I guess. Tabernacle, let's see. It's in Exodus 25. Exodus 25. God's still building up to something. Exodus 25. Exodus 25, one. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering, every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Um, ye shall take my offering, and this is the offering which ye shall take of them gold, silver, and brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair. And eight and nine says, Um, and let them make me a sanctuary. This is like a sanctuary. Sanctuary is like a, a place where, where, um, big, big open place that I may dwell among them, big room. According to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of it, the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. So now they had a, a sanctuary. They had a they had a place where where God was gonna live with them. So God saved them, he separated them, he's feeding them, and now he gave them what? A place where he was gonna live with them. Was that, that where God wanted to leave them? There in the desert? With all this stuff. Now he's living with them. Is that is that all that God's plan was building up to? No. Let's look here in Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy 11. Let's read that. Bible reading here this morning. Deuteronomy 11.8. Deuteronomy 11.8. says, Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that ye may be strong, and go in and possess the land, whether ye go to possess it, that ye may prolong your days in the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, to give unto them and to their seed a land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 12, For the land whether thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out, where thou sowest thy seed, and where it, and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. See, they didn't really rain Egypt. It, um, they just something, did something with their foot, getting the water. They had a pedal or something, I don't know. Or they were just walking with a bucket, I don't know. But it, they, they just watered everything with the Nile. As a garden of herbs, but the land whether the you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain in heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes, the Lord thy God, are always upon it from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. And, and, and uh, chapter 12 5, 12, 5, There, Deuteronomy, chapter 12, 5. says, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and, and heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and the firstlings of your, of your herds and of your flocks. And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes, for ye are not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you. And so he said, hey, you know, guys... Um, we're not really doing what the end plan God has, but um, we're going, we're heading that way, and um, we're going to live in a place way better than this, and out of one of our tribes, God's going to set up uh, a place where we're going to come together and worship Him, and bring our our offerings there and and worship Him together, and it's going to be great in this new place. That's what this whole plan that God had is going to culminate into. The reason why he saved them, the reason why he separated them, the the reason why he he fed them in the wilderness, the reason why he gave them the tabernacle was just it was just building up to this place where they were going to live and, and, and rejoice in their God, and God was going to rejoice in them. And we know that this is just a picture of the real story, isn't it? The real story of redemption, not the not the one with lambs and and with um, red seas and And with um, tabernacles and promised lands. But the real one. The one with the Lamb of God. The one with baptism. The story of the the real one with his word. Not just manna. The one of his church. Not just a tabernacle. Not just a temple. And of his coming kingdom. So you guys know what day? What day was it that they put the blood on the door? Day was that killed the lamb blow the door. It was a Nissan not a Nissan okay. month Nissan. Nissan Nissan Nissan, Nissan. I can pronounce that you guys remember what date that was Did the cloud tell y'all what's that date date number I saw that it was 14th and what we just read but I saw another date too how's that work? Why does it say tenth somewhere else? 10th. Tent, yeah, tenth, you know, tenth and Nisan should be the beginning of months. Was that first? Go should it be beginning of months. So the oh, they separated on the tenth day. There we go. You saved me, now. Thanks. Tenth, yeah, this month shall be the beginning of months unto you, and then he goes on to say, "Yeah, that's right." He separates the lamb. So he separates the lamb on the tenth. You guys know what date they crossed the Jordan into the Promised Land? Also on the tenth, the tenth day they they crossed the crossed the Jordan and got into the in, into the um, Promised Land. And um, then some fifteen year fifteen hundred years later, guess what Jesus was doing around that same time as well? What's he doing? He was eating something with his with his disciples. What was he? What was he eating? The Passover. The Last Supper. Let's look at it. Luke twenty two. Luke twenty two. Luke twenty two. Luke 22.15 says, And he said unto them, No, Luke 22.15, where am I? Yeah. And he said unto them, And gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, this too, in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This this, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. So, here we have Jesus also, some years later, many years later, celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And something that we can miss here is just focusing on the part that Jesus' body was broken. Jesus' blood was shed for us. and and um, But this isn't the only thing that he mentions, is it? It's not the only thing that he's mentioned. He says, hey guys, um, I want to tell you something. I'm not going to eat this or drink this Passover till when? Till when? What's he say there? He said, I'm not going to eat it or drink of this fruit of the vine till when? When he eats it with us, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's look at it in Revelation 19. Revelation 19, 6. Revelation 19:6. Revelation 19:6 And I heard as it were a voice of great multitudes and as a voice of many waters and as a voice of many thundering saying Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth Let us be glad and rejoice and give honour to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen Clean and white. For the fine linen is a righteousness of saints, of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So when he says, Do this in remembrance of me. Many churches have that on their, their altar right here. Do this in remembrance of me. He's not just talking about, hey, remember my broken body. Remember my, my shed blood, but remember also our upcoming marriage. Remember also our upcoming marriage. When I was courting Sof, did I just court Sophie so that I could buy her lots of flowers? I just had so much money. I just, I just wanted to buy flowers. Is that why I courted Sophie? Just, just wanted to buy her chocolates. I just, just you know had all these chocolates. I just wanted, wanted to share some with her. That wasn't the reason I married Sophie. Uh, uh, did I? Did I just 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 court her so that I could um, put a ring on her finger? Yeah, is not that a nice ring I put on her finger? Or did did I just court her so I could just stand up here and make some vows to her? Yeah. We were up here out seven eight years ago, going on going on seven years ago, I guess. And I, you know, we finished. Finished here, and I like, can we go now? Like, no, we gotta take pictures. Oh, okay, take some pictures. Can we go now? No, gotta go. Gotta go over there and and um, visit with all the people. Get over there and remember we. St- I stood there just kind of wondering what I'm supposed to do next. And they 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 showing me this knife and I didn't know what I was supposed to do with a knife. And then she's so supposed to cut it. Okay. Cut it. Can we go now? No, no, no. Gotta eat some cake. So I ate some cake. Can we go now? Yeah, we can go now, and we lit out of there. I heard of this one pastor. Uh, after he marries people, you know, they're getting ready to go to the reception. Um, he says, you know, the, the, the groom is just all ready to go, just all ready to go. And he, he turns over to the groom and says, hey, wouldn't it just be awesome right now if Jesus came back right now? <laughs> just watch the groom's face just sag. <laughs> but um, the same is true with Christ. The the end is why it all matters. I'm gonna finish up here. Sometimes we might think that uh, misthink of God that um, as his duty bound God who um, stuck his word out there and is duty bound to keep his word. Well, I told him I'd save him, so you know, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep my word because I, I promised them oh, I'm going to go to the cross and, and I'm going to, going to suffer there and I'm going to get resurrected and, and, because I, I told them that. And we can think of God as that. And, and, and he's like, huh? do this Henry you guys better remember all that I suffered for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Or we can see what he actually means here. Do this and remember it's me. Yeah, I, I want you to remember what I went through, but why also I went through all that. I went through all that for the reason of our upcoming marriage that I can be with you all forever and ever. Isn't that a lot more loving than, than just saying, you know, I you guys better remember what I did for you. Take communion now. No, he did it because I want you guys to remember how special you are to me. And how I'm looking forward to spending with you for all eternity. So in Hebrews 12.1. We're going to finish up here. Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. What a loving God. Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore seeing ye, we also are. Wherefore seeing we also are come past about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight in sin. Which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the what joy, the joy, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. He did all that, not so that we could remember just how, you know, what he went through. But how joyful he was to do that, so that we could live with him for all eternity, the end is why all this matters let 's pray, heavenly Father, I thank you for such a such a wonderful love, You're not just a duty bound love that you 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 showed us, but a love of rejoicing that you have for us um and I, I it's just so special something I just can't even imagine why you would do that for us, but are so so feel so special that and um, look forward to that day where we can be with you for all, all of eternity. And um, this great plan that you've been building up ever since the beginning, um, just because of such great love that you have for us. And, and thank you for this truth. And please help us to, to uh, set aside all these weights and sins that so doth easily beset us and, and, and run the race with patience. Looking forward to that day as well. Looking forward to your coming, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.